why the Green Bay Packers may have the very best defense in the NFL this season. Plus, we set reasonable expectations as OTAs open in Green Bay. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Really Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for the leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, we go through some of the top defenses in the league and try and see just how the Packers stuck up. I made the claim that the Packers could have and potentially should have one of the best defenses in football, if not the best defense in football. I said they have the most talented defense in football, arguably. And so we're going to go through those teams. And then a little bit later in the show, we're going to talk about OTAs. So the Packers, they were not an elite group last year. Now, I understand you want to look at some of the, the point metrics and they had a good defense by points allowed. I don't find that those numbers are that useful because they don't take into account things like um, efficiency. They don't take into account things like opponent. So if you look at football outsiders, not an elite defense. You look at EPA per play, not an elite defense. Now, if we include the playoffs, which actually gives them a nice little bump because they were so good in the playoffs, the Packers were 15th last season, including the playoffs in EPA per play. They were 11th against the pass. They were 28th against the run. That's a problem. And that is, I think, one of the key places where you have to look at this roster and say, okay, what are the cases for them getting better there so that they are at the very least passable? They they don't have to be great. I don't believe that the Packers have to have great run defense. They need to be a better run defense than they've been if they want to be that elite defense. Now, I think they can be sort of where they've been and still be a Super Bowl team. That's a separate argument and a separate conversation. I think they can be the defense they were last year. That defense, clearly, look at the playoff game, was good enough to be a Super Bowl caliber defense. They, the offense, let them down, and the special teams let them down. They played Super Bowl caliber defense in that 49ers game. So, what are the what are some of the underlying numbers tell us? Well, did they get lucky with turnovers? No, they were a top 10 team in interceptions. I think interceptions are created. I don't think they are lucky unless you're getting them against bad quarterbacks. The Packers did not feast on bad quarterbacks. Now, did they create some interceptions against Justin Fields? Yes, but they also got interceptions in big games against Matthew Stafford, for example, where I would be more concerned is fumble luck. Did they rely, did any success that they have rely on unsustainable fumble luck? And the answer is just no. They were a middle-of-the-pack team in forcing fumbles. And so I think when you look at this team, you say, okay, they were a sort of bang-on-average group without Zedaria Smith all season. Well, he's not coming back. And without Jair Alexander. Well, he is coming back. 
And so is Russell Douglas. And you're getting year two of Eric Stokes. And so you look at this secondary. I think the only secondary that has a case that they are as talented as the Packers secondary. And not just talent in the way that we might think of talent where, okay, a team has a bunch of quote unquote talent at a spot, but that talent hasn't delivered like the Saints. Marcus Davenport is very talented, but he has never been that player. He's never been the guy that was that warranted the first round trade up that the Saints had to make to get him. That's a problem. Rashawn Gary has been. And been every bit that player, and certainly was last year. You ha- you have Preston Smith, you add JJ Anigbari. If if there is a place where I think Green Bay could stand to add a little bit of something, that would be one of those spots. But if you're getting 2020 or 2020, 2019 or 2021 Preston Smith, and you're getting 2021 plus of Rashawn Gary, then that's that's a pretty good pass rushing duo. You look around the NFC, you look around the NFL. Who has edge rushers? that are of that caliber. Now, there are certainly some teams out there. You look at Dallas with Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons. Certainly, they're in that conversation. Where where are the Buccaneers edge guys at this point in their respective careers? You know, Joe Tryon, can he take a step forward? I think they have a little bit more depth there. But Rashawn Gary, I think, could be in, in 2022 the best of those guys. New Orleans, you have Cam Jordan, and that's really it in terms of those those high quality level players. Um, you look at Buffalo. They have some young players, but Gregory Rousseau, he's not shown, he's even as good as Preston Smith, in my opinion, much less Rashawn Gary. And so there's some some room to grow there. Cincinnati, Trey Hendrickson. Mm. You look at the Rams and their edge group, it's Leonard Floyd and now Aaron Donald gets to play on the edge some. But it's not the same. It's not the same caliber of player that we're talking about. If you look at the whole front in terms of pass rush with Kenny Clark and now what they've added with Jerron Reed and Devontae Wyatt, there are very few teams that have that sort of inside outside pass rush. The Rams are one of the few teams because of everything Aaron Donald gives you. I think the Eagles, Javon Hargrave, um, the Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. But they don't have on the edge anyone that has that ups, upside high level play that you could get from Rashawn Gary that, that we saw last year from Rashawn Gary. The Browns bring back Jadavion Clowney with Miles Garrett. That's terrific. But they don't have an interior player of the caliber of Kenny Clark. And again, the Packers just added two new pieces to that room. So that is something that I think separates Green Bay a little bit. So if if. There are not teams, or at least very few teams. I think, this, again, the Saints are the only team in the secondary that I would put player for player in the same category as Green Bay. I think the Ravens, if everyone is healthy and Marcus Peters is playing at a high level, but that's a big if, um, belong at least in that conversation because Marlon Humphrey is that good, though he's coming off a little bit of a down year for him. Then then I think you know they're, they're in that mix a little bit. Tampa, they, they lost um, a safety, but I, th- I still think they're pretty good. They don't have high-level corner talents the way that Green Bay does, even if that defense played really well the last two seasons. So I think a team like Tampa has to feel like player for player, they deserve to be in that conversation for most talented defense. The Bills, player for player, especially if Trey Wright comes back, if Kair Alam from the, the rookie that they picked up can play at sort of an Eric Stokes level. 
They've got some talented linebackers with Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. They've got inside-outside pass rush, even if they don't have the, the elite-level guys. They bring in Von Miller. We'll see what level he can play at this season and moving forward, given his age. They have terrific safeties. I think they're one of the few teams that, that can say we have safeties as good as what Green Bay has with Darnell Savage and Adrian Amos matching up with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. You look around at some of the defenses that, that finished ahead of them last year, teams like Carolina, like Arizona, and you just go, those teams are not, they're not as talented as what Green Bay has. And, and I think what we have to remember is one of the reasons Mike Patton is no longer the defensive coordinator in Green Bay is precisely because this defense has talent on it. It's exactly because they have underperformed relative to their talent. And that is why the Packers felt like they needed to make a change and they needed that defense to play well at a high level in high leverage moments. They did that this season. They played extremely well against L.A. in a monster game in November. They played extremely well against the 49ers in the postseason. They couldn't afford to have these big moments where they came up small. And we actually saw this defense in big moments come up huge. The addition of Devondre Campbell has been life-altering for this defense. They bring in Quay Walker. We'll see what he can be. They bring in Devontae Wyatt. We'll see what he can be. I think he's a great fit in this group because he's a different kind of player. He's a win-early pass rusher who's going to beat you with get-off quickness and, and the force that he can create, converting speed to power, shooting gaps, a twitched-up three technique who can be disruptive while Kenny Clark is eating blocks, whatever they need to do. They're so much more versatile now. And I think you you look at it player for player, player for player. They can match up with anyone around the league. More coming on the Packers OTAs coming up after this. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And they have a new flavor you absolutely have to know about. Brownie batter puffs. Brownies are incredible. And the brownie batter can sometimes even seem better than the brownies themselves. This protein bar attempts to take the flavor of brownie batter and put it in a protein bar. And guess what? They nailed it. And and protein infused marshmallow in the center. How can you go wrong with that? These are the best tasting protein bars you have ever had. And to prove it to you, you can go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off. They still have the protein, the fiber that you're looking for, plus low in calorie, low in net carb. Built.com and use the promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at Built.com. And thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. So we always want to overreact to OTAs and the things that happen there and the players who are there and the players who aren't there and the players who stand out and the players who don't stand out. And we went over this a little bit with rookie camp. And I think we, we need to uh, remind ourselves of this a little bit. OTAs are a useful tool because you're doing installs and you're trying to figure out um, a couple players here and there have some new roles. There's going to be some new wrinkles. You know, someone like Quay Walker is going to have to get up to speed if he's going to play a lot right away. Someone like Devontae Wyatt is going to have to get up to speed. Christian Watson, these rookies are going to have to get up to speed. I don't think you worry about a veteran like Jerron Reed. Um, and, and you look at last year, um, a lot of the receivers were not even at OTAs and the offense didn't really suffer 
uh, in the regular season for it. Now, would it be great to have Aaron Rodgers at all of these practices? And would it be great to have him getting reps with Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs and, and Alan Lazard and what might be a new role and Amari Rodgers and these kinds of players? Of course it would be. That would be ideal to have that set up. Um, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and so we, we talked a couple weeks ago about the, this, this opportunity for Jordan Love. And it's not just... Um, Jordan Love getting an opportunity, although I think that is something that we we have to take uh, seriously in terms of what he can be for the Packers or some other franchise. But you want to see these receivers hit the ground running. You want to see them develop chemistry with someone, right? You want to see them understanding these are the nuances of the of the routes and the spacing, and this is how it's all supposed to look. This is the timing. And those are critical reps. And what you need is not Jordan Love for his own development, although that's important too, but for the the greater good of this offense, for this offense to be its best, Jordan Love has to give these guys who are going to be playing with arguably the best quarterback in the league, the two-time reigning MVP, he needs to give them a really good look. He needs to play on time. He needs to play in rhythm. He needs to make the right reads and the right checks so that everyone, when the time comes and the bullets start flying for real in the regular season, they can be prepared to do whatever is necessary to make this team better in 2022 than it was in 2021 because they weren't good enough in 2021. So how do you get better? Well, it starts here. Now, is it necessary for everyone at OTAs? No, it's not like Randall Cobb doesn't need to be at OTAs. Uh, Adrian Amos doesn't need to be at OTAs. Now, you're still going to, plenty of guys are going to be at OTAs who don't need, quote unquote, to be there. But it's also essential that some other players get the opportunities to earn reps, but also just give themselves the best chance in training camp to get up to speed. I mean, that's that's the the bare minimum. Get up to speed. And so as long as we're, we're not hearing um, this is something I say every year, as long as we're not hearing, oh, such and such is having problems with the playbook or they're slow to on the uptick. And we didn't hear that about Amari Rogers. There was a, a conversation on Packers Twitter last week about Amari Rogers and his future and all this stuff. And it's like it, it's a really bad sign as a rookie when when the team has no NFL receivers other than Randall Cobb, guys like Juwan Winfrey. And Equinemia St. Brown are coming off the practice squad and playing over you, playing over you in the slot, by the way, not just on the outside. I understand Juwan Winfrey and EQ, they're very different kinds of players than Amari Rodgers. They were playing in the slot in that Cardinals game. And Amari Rodgers, the team just clearly did not trust him to be out there or didn't think he could be useful. Now, we don't know at this point, was that a problem with the playbook? Was he up to speed or was it just that they didn't trust him to catch the ball? They didn't trust him to make the right reads and adjustments on the fly. I don't know. And we don't know. We haven't heard really what the issues were. And if you if you listen to, you know, the, the coaches, they'll say, oh, well, there are a lot of guys ahead of him. And it's like, yeah, that's like true to a point. Like it's true that Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and MVS were ahead of him. And we understand that that makes sense. But then explain why Equinemius St. Brown is out there and not just out there, but playing in the slot. Explain why Juwan Winfrey is out there and not just out there, but playing in the slot. That, that that part of it is worrying. And then when he got his one chance against Detroit to really play, he Jordan Love threw an interception because it hit Amari Rodgers in the hands on a critical third down where they could have converted the first. And they didn't because it was off Amari Rodgers' hands. He needs to make a step forward. You need to see year two starting in OTAs 
someone like him start to flash the talent that they thought he had that made him a potential top 100 pick. Not a potential. That's what he was. He was a top 100 pick. So these are the, the just the little incremental changes, the, the, that incremental growth. That's what you want to see. Plus, you need the guys who are filling in for your superstars. You need to you need those guys to come in and give good looks to everyone else. The offensive line. If you want to have Zach Tom and, and Sean Ryan really develop, then you need to give them the best opportunities to mimic what Aaron Rodgers is going to be doing on the fly with checks and everything that he's going to do. If you're not doing that, you're not giving your team the best chance to succeed. And before we finish up with something that always makes me laugh, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brands their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers at home or in your pocket, which means you have access to rockauto.com. So why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts than you could just go to rockauto.com, a family business serving auto parts customers for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen Locked On NFL. The schedule may be dark, but the NFL never sleeps and neither does Locked On NFL. Get insights and opinions from hosts including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, and Tony Wiggins, plus Locked On NFL hosts repping all 32 squads, including this guy. There's no offseason for real fans, so make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On NFL YouTube page wherever you get podcasts. Quickly here as we finish up. We have reached that part of the offseason where everyone has gotten bored and it is time to either just make stuff up, uh, create clickbait, or, you know, maybe someone has talked themselves into the shenanigans, but this is the time of year we start hearing, oh, well, you know, actually the Vikings, the Vikings in the NFC North, they're, they're a great bet. Or, oh, the Bears. The Bears are sneaky good. I actually, I actually think the Lions will finish ahead of the Bears in the division this season. I, the, the Bears roster is absolutely garbage. It's it's like Tarjay, but the opposite. Garbage. And, I, no. The best team in the division by far is the Packers. Just because they lost Devontae Adams doesn't mean that all of a sudden these teams that were nowhere close to them last season, and in the case of the Bears, got worse. The Vikings more or less stayed the same. We have no idea how this coaching change is going to affect the offense or defense. It's hard to believe the defense is going to be as good under a new coach as it was under Mike Zimmer, who's one of the best defensive minds in football. Year one of an offense under Kevin O'Connell, even if it has a lot of similarities to the offense they used to be running. The offensive line is still a problem. Cornerback is still a problem. Pass rush is still a problem. So why are they going to be better? Just I don't I don't mean better than the Packers. I mean better than last year. Why are they going to be better? And and if they're not, then you have to expect the Packers to come way back to the pack, no pun intended, in order for the Vikings to be even even like close. The Vikings are going to be 8 and 9 or 9 and 8. They will be lucky to get to 10 and 7. The Packers are going to win at least 11, if not 12 games 
if not more, given the way their schedule shakes out. If the if the defense is what we think it can be, we talked about that in the first block, and some of these new pieces on offense can fit just relatively well. Not You don't have to replicate Devontae Adams. Just fit them in relatively well. If the defense takes a little bit of a step up, the defense takes a, or the offense takes a little bit of a step back, they're going to be fine. What is the case for the Vikings passing the pack? Devontae Adams? That's that's the whole case. That that doesn't make any sense, especially when the Packers are actually getting back their best defensive player from last season in Jair Alexander, a defense that will almost certainly be better and will be better than the Vikings. I, I can promise you that. Well, I can't promise you that, but I would bet you that because the Vikings talent was not as good last year as Green Bay's, but their their ultimate outcomes were about the same in a lot of cases because Mike Zimmer is a hell of a coach. Well, Mike Zimmer is not walking through that door. So I, I just, it, it is funny to me that this happens every year. I mean, someone remarked on Twitter that, you know, it's it's the kind of thing that you could you could take that tweet from 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. We heard, we've been hearing for years, oh, the Vikings are actually low-key the most talented team in that division. Are they? Are they? Because at a certain point when they only can win eight or nine games every year, maybe 10 if they're lucky, you're, you're just not that talented. You're just not that talented. So just, just something just something that I, I amused me and I wanted to bring up. All right, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775. Stay Locked on Packers.